From cats to rats, from pigs, foxes and goats to lantana weed and serrated tussock, invasive feral species are a major cause of biodiversity loss and species extinction in Australia and around the world according to a landmark report released this week by the United Nations. Now, the report is the first and most comprehensive global assessment of invasive species to date, and its research covers 143 countries. But it's not just an environmental issue, it turns out. The report estimates that invasive species are costing the world at least, wait for it, $423 billion. And attempts at control are always more expensive than keeping pests out in the first place. Phil Cassie is an associate professor at the School of Biological Sciences at the University of Adelaide and a lead author of the Invasive Species Report. Welcome to the program, Phil. Good morning, Hamish. Uh, More than 37,000 alien species have made their way into ecosystems where they don't belong. Are all of these threatening the ecosystems or only some of them? No, we don't. We, we see a huge number being transported and we see around 10% of those. So around 3,500 are having negative impacts on uh, not just the ecosystems, but on our industries and our way of lives as well. And so at what point do you classify them as, as harmful or invasive? Well, once, once we start to see that impact, so once we can measure that impact, so there's, there's obviously some species that are still in a, in a lag or a dormant phase. Um, it's once their abundance starts to increase often. Uh, so when their numbers get to a point where they start to have a visible effect on those ecosystem services or on our, uh, in our industries, particularly our primary industries, our, our agriculture and, and farming systems. Uh, I'm sure we can all think of examples of this, but what species are, are, are proving to be the most damaging globally? So, you know, Australia's got a, a long history of uh, invasive species and of combating invasive species. So um, I think we all we all have a, a couple. Um, around the world, we see um, the, the same species often popping up. So uh, you mentioned a, a whole lot in your introduction. Uh, cats are, are obviously uh, highly uh, prominent at the moment um, in Australia and, and the world. They have had devastating effects, on, particularly on island ecosystems. We see uh, a lot of the extinctions that have been caused by invasive alien species on, on island systems because they're those closed systems, they're insular systems that uh, are difficult for uh, species to recover from the effects of aliens. Uh, in fact, alien species have been attributed to um, being involved in 60% of, of global extinctions. Am I right in thinking that you were in Cambodia recently? What did you see there? Yeah, I was. We we take a, a study to do a study tour there every year. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the interesting things is along the waterways, we see uh, eucalypts. So uh, so it's not just the, the species that are uh, coming into Australia. It is that we also have species that we have donated to the world as well. Um, so they're filling up the waterways and changing the water table. Uh, out on the, the Great Lake, Tonley Sap, which is a, an incredibly important fishery, uh, we, we see water hyacinth, which is the world's um, most distributed weed species, just clogging up the uh, the lake and the waterways surrounding it, being flushed uh, down through the Mekong and really impacting on the villagers' lives there. Uh, and so here in Australia, is it cats? Is that the is that the big problem? Uh, uh, they are a problem. Yes. Um, are, are they the biggest problem? It, it becomes very difficult to to rank it at the that top order. Um, certainly, they have caused 
the most recent extinctions of uh, our small mammal species. And so because of that and because of their ongoing impact, uh, there's a lot of focus on on cats at the moment. Uh, but it, it's not not just cats. Um, there's that whole string of species you mentioned. And, you know, we've, we're seeing uh, African grasses uh, around the world causing impacts with changing fire regimes. We've got buffalo grass in the Northern Territory causing problems with fires in Australia. And it was, it was the same African grasses over in Hawaii that caused that devastating loss of property and life as well. They changed the fire regime. They burn so much hotter uh, when they become dry and they, they grow at such intensity as well. Obviously, there's been a bit in the news about promises by the Commonwealth Government and the Environment Minister, Tanya Plibersek, to, to crack down on cats, a uh, plan to deal with it, including curfews, desexing, household limits. Do you think any of that works? So um, the concern is that we've heard this before. Um, uh, she's not the, the first environment minister to propose a, uh, a war on cats. And, and in fact, you know, militaristic language is not very helpful in these situations. Um, certainly, uh, ownership of cats is an important place to put focus on uh, because they are so important as a companion animal. Uh, they do make great indoor uh, pets, uh, but it's what we do with them in the environment that's, uh, that's the real problem. There's their spread across Australia, which is a huge area. They're in all environments uh, and they have such devastating impacts. And we don't currently have the toolbox for dealing with them in the environment. Um, so we're going to need to uh, build community support and also start to invest in better research. Do you think, though, that dealing with domestic cats has much of an impact, even if it is successful, on the, the broader feral cat population? So maybe not on the uh, the broader uh, feral population. I think that's very well established. It's not that we're we're really creating a a source from our homes uh, so much, but on urban biodiversity, absolutely. So uh, increasingly, cities are being recognised as an important uh, uh, place to harbour. Uh, species. There's a, a number of native species which which live in and can do well in our urban environments. We're trying to create these green havens, uh, both for our own well-being, uh, for cooling cities, and for biodiversity. So making sure that that cats are uh, indoors and allowing urban biodiversity to flourish, I think, is going to be really, really important. Uh, presumably, prevention can be better than than treatment once the invasive species have taken root. And there are some promising new areas of research, aren't there? There are. So um, we we really have to recognise that we don't want these... By the time many of these species are in the environment, it, it's too late, it's too costly. <laughs> and, you know, we, we don't... We do have limited resources. So, so we renowned for our biosecurity system. It's a very good biosecurity system, but it continues to do better, particularly under the pressures that it faces with increasing trade and transport. Uh, Post-COVID, we've seen a, a lot more people coming in and out of Australia. We we have you know two two and a half million containers coming in every year that that need to be searched, and there's a whole lot of uh, new surveillance technologies which are going to support that with uh, things like 3D X-raying at uh, mail centres, uh, and also uh, trace genetic detection uh, for picking up species that are coming in unintentionally through our container services, particularly the the agricultural pest insects, uh, species like like ants, uh, like uh, wood borers uh, and, and beetles that come in. Uh, isn't there also some prospect of genetic engineering being used uh, in rats? 
so so that's for established species obviously so we're yep there is there is the uh, uh, set of, of new potential tools for um, looking at uh, reducing populations in the wild and uh, this has been these kinds of uh, sterile transfer mechanisms have been uh, adopted already in insects, uh, mosquitoes particularly, quite effectively. And in the laboratory, uh, we've been able to see uh, advances in genetic modification for changing the sex ratios of uh, the, the progeny, the, the baby uh, rats when they're born. Um, so essentially, it's, it's able to turn uh, nearly all of the babies into males. And so, you know, as you can imagine, if you don't have females in the population, um, you're not going to be able to, to breed up. And so it's a quite effective way of suppressing fast living organisms. So uh, rodents, mice and rats uh, can breed very quickly. They have large numbers of babies. And so you can actually um, suppress the population quite quickly if they're not able to breed in subsequent generations. For longer lived species, it's a bit more of a problem. And what about the use of artificial intelligence for detecting animals in the field? What what would that then enable uh, you to do? Well, it means we can target control. Um, I think we need to be much better at having uh, sentinel environments. So in environments that um, do are able to um, sense the uh, the threats that they're under. So we we need to be able to use surveillance a lot better. We we have a, a huge population in Australia uh, and education is going to be an important part of equipping people for knowing when new invasive species are in the environment, uh, particularly some of the, the species that we have a, a bit of a blindness towards. So, so plants and insects, which can be some of the more, more devastating species that are coming in. Uh, we don't tend to be very good at recognising whether they're, they're native or alien. So increasing some of that capability will be good. Uh, I'm getting quite a few texts asking a similar question, which is about humans. Are we the most destructive alien species? <laughs> so by, by the definition of the United Nations, no, because an invasive alien species is a non-animal species, a non-human species uh, that's distributed outside its range by us. So um, the United Nations have been quite quite clever at uh, avoiding that. Uh, but yes, you know, we, we have created this problem without doubt, and it's a problem that we've created for ourselves. So it's now starting to come back and... Uh, be incredibly costly to our future. Uh, Phil Cassie, thanks very much for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks, Hamish. Uh, Phil Cassie is an Associate Professor at the School of Biological Sciences at the University of Adelaide. He's also the lead author of that Invasive Species Report. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.